the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. How are you doing today? I feel like it's one of the days, at least for, for us here, you feel like you get shot out of a cannon. Remember, you, did you ever go to the circus and see somebody get shot out of a cannon? Yes. Didn't you love I that? I don't like the circus. Oh, you don't like the circus? I never... A single time liked it. What? It really? creeped me out. What? There was something weird to me about the circus. No, 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 no. I felt badly for the animals. I did. Even oh, as a kid. I was... <laughs> Here we go. I know. I'm a lib. What? Did the clowns freak you out? I cannot tolerate clowns. Really? Of any sort. I never have been able to. The whole... And the whole, like, you know, fat guy, bearded lady thing... You didn't like ...wigged that. me out. Really? <laughs> Well, I like the circus. Um, I remember living in New York City. To escape, we would take the subway to Coney Island, which was not the circus. But you, you said it was circus like. You, know, you said the fat lady, the bearded right. man. Uh, the first time I saw like the tattoo man and the sword uh, swallower, that I saw that at Coney Island. Me out. Now, strangely enough, fast forward to last year. Yeah. I'm the one that loved The Greatest Showman, and you didn't like it. Yeah, that was like you know a um, sort of over the top kind of you know feel good. Kumbaya thing. I didn't like what? that. I didn't like it. What is? I, how did he miss that so wait, hugely, Mike? Because here's the thing. Okay, you didn't like the circus because there were elements of sort of darkness in it, right? There was a, a weirdness to yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't present in that in that movie. Well, what I liked about it is that the movie challenges you on why you don't like it, and you're like, you. It, what is it about you that? Turn that tends to wall people off. That's the whole idea. So. Yeah, but, but so in the movie, in The Greatest Showman, the bearded lady is like you know she rises from a cameo to one of the you know sort of yeah. star performances. Right now, bearded lady, no big deal. Like, no, exactly. It's not even the, some kind of countercultural the tattoo thing. Tattoo man. I'm down in Market Square. I see the tattoo exactly. man. Okay, is the tattoo man? Helping with bus removal. Please give me a sinkhole update. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the sinkhole update. So apparently, uh, about uh, overnight. There it goes. No, oh, so the bus has been removed. Is that actual audio from the accident? <laughs> no, no, no. Is that no. right before the water started shooting out? <laughs> Authorities have said that two cranes were used to arrive uh, to remove the city bus from said sinkhole. I don't want to call it a sinkhole. It's a pothole. This is Pittsburgh. It's right. a Pittsburgh It was just a gigantic. It's a really deep one. Mm-hmm. So the, the bus has been removed. Okay. And work is underway now to, you, you, know, you know how you see this, like the steel plates Right, the steel plates oh, are the big, big holes. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're constructing steel plates okay. to put in place. Let me ask you something. I think mm. it's a vital question that yep. needs to be spoken. Tell me. If the road didn't hold the bus, yeah. why am I going to trust the steel plate? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine there would be a weight limit to it, right, to the road itself now. Don't you think? 
Well, there there was obviously a weight limit that was exceeded yeah. when the bus was sitting on it. I don't think so. You know, you see road, you know, uh, buses or you know vehicles over X amount of pounds can't travel, so they probably would have just <laughs> avoid that. You, do you know where that was? Right where that yes, was. Yes, I know, know exactly street? where it is. Tenth, yeah, that's tenth and Penn. That street has sort of gone through changes recently, hasn't it? I'm on it a lot. What about changes? Well, it used to be like, you know, the Social Security office was there, right? There was like a kinder daycare was there, right? Now Wait. it's become sort of uh, boutique hotels and trendy restaurants. There was a time that there, at least whenever I was downtown, working downtown. This is right at the corner where Ten Penny is on Penn Avenue, right? Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and the Weston William Penn is right, right there. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been a, in the ear used to be that's there. A, that's a, it's a weird corridor. S- corridor there. Yeah, I think so. That's it's, what I'm saying. Yeah, it is kind of odd. Yeah. The opera used to have their offices on that street. Really? Mm-hmm. But now that's the street that goes underneath the convention center, right? Of uh, Sooner or later. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it'll wind its way around. But just a weird, yeah. Anyway, so the bus situation, we're back up and running. Now transfers are being taken. You are safe to get on your bus and not worry about falling into a hole, at least on 10th. But now we think, are we trusting our roads downtown? I mean, I feel like I'm having a little crisis of confidence. What I'd like to hear is the, you know, the Port Authority or whomever. I wonder who's in charge of the you know, infrastructure. Well, in right now, everybody's pointing at somebody different. I'll tell you that. Right. The good news is the bike lanes are open. Oh, good. So all around that big uh, pothole, everything's good. Good. That's perfect. Yep. Okay. So Relevant Magazine reports a study that I guess is not a big surprise to any of us, that once young people leave the church... They're unlikely to return. That's right. So um, pastors are standing in the pulpit Sunday morning, seeing fewer and fewer of 20s and 30-somethings. It used to be, you know, kids would leave the church. This is, you know, sort of my story. You left the church whenever I was like a teenager. I had my wayward youth and then got married and had kids and came back to the church. But you came back to the church before you got married and had I kids. did, yeah. But you know what I mean? That's kind of like yes, the model, sure. right? Where if you were raised in the in the church, you were more likely to return to the church. Now that model has been broken. They don't have any particular reason as to why it's been broken. Apathy, uh, the church itself stubbing its toe. I could say that multiple times. But it's just a... I have a theory. Tell me. I think it's because people just go, when they go to college... They just don't find a home church. They just mm. don't find the the time to to look for one, or they in college in col- while they're in college. I, I, I think that's a, that. I think that's a, an excellent point. Yeah. That and if you spend four years being out of the habit, yeah, definitely that. And you know, you might have a professor that who was anti Christian. Exactly. How many professors did I have that were anti Christian? Well, that's probably I a, had like a lot of them. That's on academia on campus. Right? It is. I mean, that's right. just that's. But the the way that I fought that in my like ideological formation, I knew it was important to hang around Christians, to be involved in a Christian group. I'm th- thinking about when I was in college, because those ideas that are introduced by your professor, you need to hash those out with somebody. Heck right? yeah, you do. And Definitely. you need to hash them out, not necessarily with somebody even who's your peer, yeah. but someone who's older than you who knows something. Right. So, Mike, did you fall away? I did not. I mean, I, w- I went to a Christian college. Um I mean, we had chapel from ten to eleven every weekday. Every weekday. Every 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 weekday from ten to eleven. Well, you'd have to work hard to fall away, yeah. wouldn't you? But you know, uh, no, being, you could go and not have your heart in it. I guess. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you, the the big debate on campus was why go to church on the weekends when we have it Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. Really, that was a big debate. Well, that was a big I, debate. I guess I could see that too. Right? It's hard when anything worship wise is compulsory. 
Right. It <laughs> right, messes with right, us. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, they do that at Grove City, right? Um, Chapels once a week. Right, yes. And you have a, like a little tag that they... Mm-hmm. Is it optional to go? No. No, you have to, you have you to do this to certain... Not every week. You have to do a certain number okay. over the course of the semester. And it doesn't seem really like, you know intrusive or it's not taxing, hard to know right. i don't think it's yeah I, mike i think you're making a really good point that if you and this is not just the case with people who are in college but i think if any of us just stop going you can so easily find something yeah. to do with that time yeah and, and another thing too was i had a hard time trying to find my quote-unquote home church and match that with my church back at home mm. and i had to realize you know what it's not going to be the same. No, everything's okay. different. Everything's different. Yeah, you know, and so that was a that was a big hurdle that I had I had to go through. That was a challenge for me. Right, mm-hmm. but okay. So kids in their you know young adults in their twenties and thirties leaving the church and now more than ever find it difficult yeah. to come back. That's a heartbreak. I think if you're a parent and you've got a kid who's getting ready to go to school, I can tell you this. If you're not going to send your kid to a Christian school, and I don't think every kid has to go to a Christian school. No, of course not. But uh, the thing I think is absolutely imperative is you find a school that has a strong Christian fellowship that is well-established for your child, and they go. I'm telling you, my husband and I told both of our kids, we don't care where you go. But one thing that you're going to do is you're is we're not paying for you to go to a school where there is not an established Christian group or an established Christian presence or people who we can trust mm-hmm. who are going to help you in your ideological formation. Right. And you're as you're the boss as the parent if you're paying, you yeah. can say, look, you we're not we're not sending you there. Yeah. Sorry. And the reason is because we value you and your spiritual formation that much that we are going to put some kind of, yeah. you know, we're going to put some kind of box around. But you must follow right, through. You just have to do it because we know who how we are. Heck yeah, man. It's so easy for us to fall away. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, what, the heartbreak for me is, um, you know, I'll go to church in Oakland and I'm driving down Forbes Avenue on Sunday morning. And outside of Pamela's on Forbes Avenue, oh, the line of people—you think they're giving away bacon? I mean, there—it's like it's the place is just overwhelmed by people. And then you get in church and you go, okay, there's a lot of college kids here because you know we're in a, a university church. But man, oh man, people on Sunday morning, there's a million and one things you can choose to do Listen, other than go to if church. If I wasn't in church, I wouldn't find it. I wouldn't be bored. I found a lot of other oh, things yeah, I yeah. could do. Right. But going every week is you realize once you've done it over the years how indispensable it is. Right. Yeah. But there are a lot of days when you get up and you don't want to go. No. But you know, I heard somebody talking about this last week. Somebody said, Hey man, I get to go to church on Sunday morning. I get to hear the gospel. I mean, that is important. And that energy and excitement around, listen, I get to hear the gospel, and I'm with other people who are like-minded, and I've got someone who's preaching and teaching. I know. Aren't we fortunate that we get to do that? I think so. We don't have to do it in the middle of the night in a basement somewhere? Exactly. It's a really big gift, and I think we just sort of take it for granted. Completely agree. Anyway, we got a heck of a show for you we today. We sure what do. Are you doing in there? Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, heaven, hell, and universal salvation with the distinguished scholar David Bentley Hart in the five o'clock hour. We're going to talk about women side hustling. Booming. Side hustle. Yeah. Booming! I'm thinking of picking one up. All right. We're also going to talk about in civil discourse. And coming up next, are the Democrats going to miss Middle America again this election cycle? Next. WORD. Have you heard the phrase, the writing is on the wall, meaning something's coming that can't be stopped? Did you know that this expression has its roots in the book of Daniel? 
Join us at a banquet with the arrogant old King Belshazzar when out of thin air, the hand of God appears and writes on the wall. What happens next? We'll find out this week on Through the Bible. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Now that the pumpkins are almost gone, do you know what time it is? It's time to talk turkey. At the Springhouse in 84, we really do like to enjoy one holiday at a time. But our customers are calling now to talk about Thanksgiving turkeys. For 20 years, we've been selling fresh turkeys raised by a friend who is a big turkey farmer who really knows how to raise turkeys. I grew up on a farm where we raised, dressed, and sold turkeys, and I do feel we know what a good turkey should look like. First of all, it should be fresh. That's when it's at its very best quality, not frozen. It should be meaty and broad-breasted, and it should be cleaned to perfection. We're really fussy about selling only the best at the Springhouse, and we do believe our turkeys are the best. Call 228-3339 now to order yours. And don't forget to order buns, casseroles, and most of all, pumpkin pies. Let us help you make your Thanksgiving really delicious. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad, you're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Hey, don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and so you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. We all know it. And Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial also know that you've got questions and they have the answers that you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year? By how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or do you want to drop it? I mean, don't go it alone. Let Marley steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that's focused not just on quality, on cost, but quality with lower deductibles and co-pays, little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. Selena Zito is with us. Selena works for the Washington Examiner, uh, born and bred Pittsburgher. She's got one of the greatest books uh, in the last year. We'll talk about that as well. But, uh, Selena, welcome again. Uh, you wrote a terrific piece about uh, Hillary Clinton and the Democrat Party. Uh, Listen, I wish I would have written this. I've thought this so many times. First of all, Selena, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. Selena, don't you wonder, listening to Hillary Clinton talk now, but not just Hillary, pretty much everybody who's on the other side uh, on that you know Democratic stage that has to be you know 100 yards wide to fit everybody – Everybody sounds like they did three years ago. I don't feel like any of the Democrats really learned how they possibly could have lost to Donald Trump. Yeah, it, it really, it, it's, <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, we're repeating um, it over it, and over. In that on, on issues that are um, important to average voters, not to what's important to 
um, the sort of chattering class or the white elites, which is it appears as who they are speaking to and, and to the media. Um, but to people, but to both Democrats, Republicans, and independent voters, um, there are issues on Medicare for all. Suburban voters aren't going to like that. You live in Upper St. Clair or Fox Chapel or Swiftly, and maybe you didn't vote for a Republican in 2018 or in in the midterms, or maybe you didn't vote for Donald Trump. But if the platform becomes that it's Medicare for all, then you lose that health care premium that you earned, right? You earned that. You worked really hard for that. The same goes for um, uh, middle-class union families, right, that maybe don't live in, in places like Fox Chapel or Upper St. Clair, but they, you know, they, they're all around Allegheny County. And, you know, a lot of these men and women have stood on picket lines to preserve good health care for their families and for themselves. And for that to become a, that to be taken away, and it's Medicare for all, I feel, uh, you know, in my conversations with these voters, that that's the wrong path for the Democrats. That does not mean that they will vote for Trump, but that does mean that they will sit at home, sit on their hands, and or vote third party. The party can't, these are the same sort of missteps that Hillary Clinton made um, nearly four years ago. Right. And so when you hear Hillary Clinton speak, and, and she's been more and more vocal in the past several months, it feels as though her and Chelsea on this book tour, she is as tone deaf as the Democrats. I'm surprised that after all this time, they don't get it. But essentially, Hillary Clinton and the Democratic field, they've just kind of doubled down. Yeah, absolutely. So she's been on a book tour with her daughter and for some unbeknownst reason, thought it was really interesting and provocative to say that Tulsi Gabbard, Gab, Tulsi, Gabbard, my right. goodness. That's all right. She, that she was a Russian, that she was a Russian agent. But she was a Russian asset. Come on. I, I would argue that, I would argue that, that Hillary Clinton is becoming a, a, a Russian asset for Donald Trump. I mean, she just absolutely does everything to help him. Uh, these kinds of statements do not win over skeptical Democrats to the party and to the people that are running, uh, you know, in 2020. Uh, and and it just makes her, the party appear to be as tone deaf as they were right. in 2016. Right. Voters want to talk about health care. Voters want to talk about infrastructure. Voters want to talk about how are you going to make my community better. They want something aspirational. Uh, but unfortunately, what it appears that we are going to have is uh, a, a, a race to uh, in this Democratic party prim- primary to see who what what candidate is going to give away the most. Mm-hmm. And I also think, Selena, that. Um Looking at the kind of the Democratic strategy since Trump has been in office, there, there's been so much push to get him, to impeach him, to embarrass him. I mean, and believe me, he gives them enough you know, fuel. It's not like it's oh, hard. Yeah. It's yeah, not hard absolutely. to figure out. But if they right. I feel like if the Democrats would have spent half 
that amount of energy trying to do some serious self-assessment. Like, how did this happen? What happened in the 2016 election? How did we get so off course? How were we so sure and we ended up being so wrong? If they would have put 50% of the impeachment effort into that effort and coming up with good, solid candidates, look, this, this next election would look completely different. Well, I would take it a step further. I would say not only should establishment Democrats been more reflective, and uh, but I also believe that establishment Republicans, the ones in particular who, who um, sort of frame themselves as never Trump Republicans, if I if I were either member of either group, I would have sat down uh, with with my colleagues and said, "Oh dear God, they picked him over us. What did what have we been doing wrong?" Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is something that both subsets of, of sort of anti-Trump uh, or and or resistant, resistant um, uh, voters and or strategists or elected officials that, it, it, I mean, you know, if you screw something up tomorrow or if I screw something up tomorrow, I have to face it. I have to look in the mirror and say, how did I screw that up and how do I fix it? Right. And there's none of that. Selena Zito's with us. Uh, Selena, I want to ask you then if establishment Republicans haven't done that, if Democrats haven't done that, are we just going to see the next election as just a rehashing of 2016, even with the impeachment scandal and the impeachment, you know, all the stuff that's going and on the socialism as, as it is? Well, I, I think half the Democrats sort of gone with someone or, or someone had stepped up to one. Uh, for the party that isn't, you know, far left um, and isn't speaking past the voters, uh, you know, people people are complaining within Washington, D.C. They're saying, oh, well, all your worries about white working class. I just spent a week and a half in the South. You know, African-American voters in South Carolina are not thrilled with anyone that's on this stage, with the exception of Joe Biden. Hmm. So it's not just about white working class voters. You know, these these candidates are incredibly appealing to the, uh, you know, white sort of elite liberals, but they're not all that appealing to a winning coalition. You know, you win the presidency by putting together a coalition and hoping that it's So And and they haven't formed a winning coalition to date. So, Selena, I, I don't understand this. I mean, people who are running for political office spend no, no matter what you know where you are money on political consultants those men and women who you know eat sleep and breathe politics 24/7 how can they be so wrong engaging middle america and you know focus on the elites on either coast what is that all about that, that's easy that's so easy they don't live in middle america <laughs> They don't know anybody like um, your listeners. Hmm. You know, they don't know anybody like them. Look, these these political consultants, the political class, whether elected officials um, or strategists, the bulk of them, not all of them, but the bulk of them, the ones that run uh, these big, large elections live in the super zip codes in this country I that see. are mostly located in places like Washington, New York, or Los Angeles, okay. Silicon Valley. 
They don't share the values, nor do they understand people who live in the middle of the country. I have always argued that both political parties should move their operations out of Washington, D.C., and maybe put the Democratic National Committee in Cleveland and the Republican National Committee in in Columbus, Ohio, because they need to also understand the people that actually vote for the people that they're running. I see. Okay. So now, but this is still having an effect. This, this is still having an effect in America because when you look at what's you know what's happened with the Democratic Party, with uh, AOC and the Gang of Four and all that. Now uh, here locally in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, longtime Democrat office holders Stephen Zapala, Mike Doyle. They, for the first time, are being pressured within the Democratic Party, right, to sort of come out and and really actually campaign for the first time in a long time. They're feeling that pressure from those new young elites to reinvent themselves in some way. What do you think? Right. So, uh, Zapala. Oh, I think we lost her. I'm sorry. We we lost you for a second. Talk about Stephen Zapala. Yeah, Stephen Zapala, unless. I missed something. No, no. Um, got across that finish line with his progressive challenger in the primary last last April, May. Yes. Um, but Mike Doyle does does face a primary challenge coming up this this coming April um, with a uh, the Jerry um, Dickinson, and so um, these are the fractions within the Democratic Party that we really don't explore much because the Democrats are not in power in the White House. Um, but they're very real and they exist, and um, it, it will be interesting to see, you know, where they go. Look, if you look at the exit uh, polling data from AOC's uh, race versus Crowley's, you will see that she won white elites. Hmm. She did not win working-class whites, and she did not win minorities. Uh, it was a primary vote. Nobody was really paying attention except for the white elites, and they're the ones that showed up, and I think she won was like 13,000. Right, not many votes. Don't hold me to that. Yeah, not that many votes. Right. Yeah. From the Washington Examiner, Selena Zito is with us. She's also the author of a book that we love called The Great Revolt, Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. All right, Selena, we're just up against it. Only a couple more minutes. We have to ask you if you're aware of the sinkhole. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think all of America is yeah. aware of okay. the sinkhole. Okay. So I wonder if you share now my lack of confidence with just motoring around the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, should I be as afraid as I am? <laughs> I, I think it's certainly challenging. Look, I think that that picture it tells us a couple of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, we need an infrastructure bill yeah. right. really, really fast. Um, second of all, transportation, that was, I don't know, it was just like a, a photo of everything's wrong with government, right? Transportation. <laughs> Um, infrastructure, roads, uh, our water problem. I mean, we have a water problem across this entire country. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that the photo, that image says everything. Mm-hmm. It speaks it. It might be on the front of Selena's next book. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Selena, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. The Great Revolt, excellent book. SelenaZito.com on the web. She Check knows. her out. Whatever Yenzer thinks going on, she knows all about it. Yep, yep. She's Born on the and bred. She truly is one of us. Selena Zito.
If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. After a nice evening, we'll have increasing cloudiness tonight. The low will be near 15. Look for mainly gray skies tomorrow, but it'll be on the warm side with temperatures approaching 7. Then tomorrow night, we'll see rain at times and a low of 58. Rain Thursday will be heavy at times. There might even be some minor flooding issues and potentially even a rumble of thunder. Thursday's high will be 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. It's kind of funny what you think is useless or worthless, and it pops up and could change your life. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a woman in France who now is in her early 90s, she uh, kept what she thought was this just, you know, piece of okay wall art. So much so that she, you know, in her little tiny apartment, she had um, 
what, a hot plate. A hot plate. And above the hot plate, where you can imagine, you know, she's making tomato soup or making coffee or whatnot. Well, she's in France. She's probably making a souffle or right. something a little more fancy. But a hot plate, I mean, a hot plate is nothing that's, you know, not even a it's toaster not a, oven. It's not a Viking range, I'll no, tell you that. It's a hot plate. Above the hot plate was a piece of wall art that had been hanging in that same spot since 1962. So here we are at 2019. So she was getting ready to move. She had a few pieces of what she thought might be valuable furniture and thought, well, okay, I'll bring someone in. Someone advised her to bring an auctioneer in. The auctioneer was, you know, looking at the furniture. He happened to glance over at the hot plate, see the piece of artwork and go, oh, what's this? So she said, well, I just had this for a long time. I don't even remember where I got it. Oh, my gosh. It turns out. That this piece of artwork, and thank God for the auction or for the uh, auctioneer who came in from the antique place, right? Who had an eye to see this. Now it turns out that the artwork is from the 13th century. It's called Christ Mocked, and it was taken from the wall, sent to auction this past week. Twenty-seven million dollars was paid for this artwork. That is. Twenty-seven so million dollars. The Italian I artist. I love that. Uh, an Italian artist by the name of Simbu, C-I-M-A-B-U-E, was the artist. Not much is known about him. Only a couple of pieces of his art exist. But someone knew enough to say that's valuable. That's beautiful. Uh, you can look it up. Quite honestly, it needs to be restored. Yeah, uh, it's in poor condition. But it, the color of it is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very rich looking. I like to think that if I saw it in person in her kitchen, I would have said that's something special. Right. I would never have known that it was worth $27 million. Right. But I th- but it's it looks special. It sure does. And it the, doesn't look like something you'd walk by. Plus the imagery itself is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because there's Jesus, his head bowed, and then there's this mass of men around him, their arms outstretched, kind of like pushing him down in a way. It's a it's a brutal scene. Uh, some it looks as though there's a, a museum that spent twenty seven million dollars for this piece. So it will not be the last time we see this. Now, That's the good news. I want to know if she's going to be able and like what her order of operations is for spending her twenty seven million. How old is she? She's in her early nineties. Okay. I mean, what? Do you, so what is she going to do? She's going to Bali. I, what is she going to do? She wants to she wants to stay in one of those huts. So in the sixties, she was you know much younger woman. She could have gone to Bali. Uh-huh. Now in her 90s, she's probably just happy to sit. Don't maybe she wants to, I think, or maybe Bora Bora. That's the place, yeah, with the huts that are go out mm-hmm. into the blue-green water. I won- might do that in Bali, too. But I wonder what her faith is. That there's a, an older I know, French woman. Think, right. She had this in a central location. She saw this every day of her life. She talked to Jesus. Did she pray? Was she involved somehow in this painting spiritually? Crying out to Christ. And there, there's Christ, the two of them together in that little apartment all these many decades. It's a terrific story. I just love it so much. Congratulations mm-hmm. to her. And congratulations to the auctioneer. Heck yeah. Who knew what he was doing. Take a break. Uh, come back. We're going to talk about people who can't get along. John MacArthur doesn't want to get along with Beth Moore. Uh-oh. And uh, what does that mean? Can we do things in a better way? 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Adrian Rogers on being free from financial oppression. God wants his people to be out of bondage. I'm not saying, friend, that you're going to have diamonds dripping from your fingers. If God gives you that, I rejoice with you. And I'll tell you, if it takes those things to make you happy, there's something wrong with you. 
Find God's way to health, wealth, and wisdom with Adrian Rogers this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, non-attorney spokesperson, Piers Nachiwadi with Principal Office in Dallas, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. This is an urgent message for anyone exposed to the herbicide Roundup and diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The World Health Organization has designated Roundup weed killer as a probable human carcinogen. If you've come in contact with Roundup and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you may be entitled to compensation. A free consultation is now available to discuss your options and help you understand your legal rights and actions. Call 800-546-1616. Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the United States, and a California jury recently awarded $289 million to a landscaper who claimed Roundup gave him cancer. But time is limited to file a claim. If you worked with Roundup Weed Killer and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, call the Roundup Legal Helpline now. You could be entitled to significant compensation. Call 800-546-1616. That's 800-546-1616. 16, 800-546-1616. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibility's Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider Accessibilities. Visit accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. Regenerate me. Regenerate me. Please regenerate me. Why suffer with joint pain? There's a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy. At Regenerate Me Pittsburgh, now in Bethel Park, certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies, also known as ABT. A full recovery without surgery or drugs is possible. Get a complete diagnostic review plus your first treatment for just $100 for a limited time. See if you qualify. Call 412-851-3811. 412-851-3811. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Everybody was Last week, John MacArthur celebrated 50 years in the pastorate, and he had this conference at his congregation, which is Grace Community Church. And during the event, uh, John MacArthur accused the Southern Baptist Church of what he called taking a headlong plunge. Into what? he called it, John. Uh, toward allowing women preachers. Mm. Now, do you know why he says that they're, that's going to happen? No. Their headlong no. plunge is because they allowed women to speak at the Southern Baptist Convention in 2019 at the annual meeting. 
So women were, were holding the floor for an amount of time right. and, and expressed an opinion. Right. And so he said that that was – anyway, while this was going on, while he was uh, at the conference, uh, he was sitting in front of a group of people, and he was asked if what he would say to Beth Moore. Now, Beth Moore, in case you don't know, is a woman who has been a member of the Southern Baptist Church for a long time. Mm-hmm. She's also a worldwide um, – an internationally known Bible teacher. Yes. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, her ministry – her her ministry has been uh, directed toward women for all of the time that she's had it. She's probably been teaching a good 30 years. And just within the last 18 months, she came out for the very first time and spoke about the treatment of women in the Southern Baptist Church in particular. It was in the church in general, but specific to the Southern Baptist Church. It was the first time she had ever said anything publicly about that. And of course, that was about the time that the stories were coming out about Paige Patterson, and we were starting to understand that there were a lot of issues that were borderline, if not completely misogynistic, about the Southern Baptist Convention. And so it started this big kind of conversation about... Anyway, so let's get back to what happened at John MacArthur's church. Um, John MacArthur was asked what he would say to Beth Moore in one or two words. His answer was, go home. And then there was derisive laughter. So instantly, the people on Twitter took off. The internet blew up. Right. So the people who are pro-John MacArthur were saying, what what else is he supposed to say? You know, he doesn't agree with her stance on women teaching. And then the people who are on Beth Moore's side are like, oh, my gosh, he's a hater. How could he have said that? You know, even if he disagreed with Beth Moore, he should have said it. He should have been nicer. He shouldn't have been so dismissive. Right. And we were off to the races. So this is a well-worn path. Christian or not, we run down this road daily. About any number of issues. Exactly. So Dr. John Kessler is back with us. Uh, He's been a regular on our show for many years. John Kessler, the former chair professor of uh, applied theology and church ministry at Moody Bible Institute. On his blog at johnkessler.com, he wrote a piece about uh, this Christian art of incivil discourse. John, welcome back to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, and uh, I can't believe you played that song. <laughs> Everybody is kung fu fighting, John. I mean, that's what we're all about. It well, is... that's really true, and and that was what struck me, you know, as I, I mean, like everybody else, when I first heard the, the comment, I, I was uh, disturbed by it. And, and then when I read a little bit more about the context, it was, and also as I looked at the responses of people on both sides, you know, I, I felt like maybe there was a bit of an overreaction in this sense that most of the people who were reacting to what MacArthur had said were really not reacting to his tone. They were reacting to his position. Right. And essentially, their, I think their perspective was, how dare he hold this position? Well, I think, to me, that's a little disingenuous. You know, I, I wish he hadn't said it in the way that he did, but I'm not surprised that he said no, it. No, of course if, not. If you understand his view, so that the, to me, you know, beyond the, the issue itself, beyond the question of the role of women in the church and preaching, there's another issue that I think is very important to us, and that is how how, how are we going to disagree, and are we actually going to allow people the freedom to have a different position? on those issues that are very important to me and strong to me, you know, will we be able to have two different or multiple views on 
non-fundamental issues in right. the church. And John, yeah. as you're right, I mean, tone matters, right? Civility yeah. or incivility, tone is actually a biblical imperative. Talk about that. Well, you know, Paul Paul it, it urges to and says that those who teach, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. But you know, and that's that's a fact. Tone matters, but you also, when you look into the scriptures, you see some evidence of some pretty strong. Uh, expression of conviction, uh, of conviction, you know, starting with Jesus. So Jesus, you know, uh, uh, Jesus calls those who disagree with him, those who who reject his teaching, he calls them fools. He calls them hypocrites. You know, he takes a, a whip of cords and drives the money, the, the people who are selling, uh, exchanging money and selling in the in the temple courts, drives them out. The Apostle Paul, who also tells us, he tells us not to be, uh, he tells us to be gentle, he also has very strong language and action. You know, he has a disagreement with Barnabas that's so strong that the two of them split up. Um, so my point is that, on, on number one, we shouldn't be surprised when we see people who have strong convictions expressing that conviction in a strong way, and when both sides are expressing it to each other, it's not surprising that we end up with a certain amount of uh, tension. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it's painful. It's certainly painful to watch. <laughs> you know, Both John and I really appreciated your um, analogy, which is that listening to Christian leaders fight is like listening to your parents fight. You don't even right. know <laughs> whose side you should be on. You just want it to stop. Right. Well, and even, you know, if it's certainly, it's particularly with people on, on this level, and I will have to say that, you know, between the two, I, I do think that, 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 uh, uh, Beth Moore's tone, which was, you know, the other thing we need to figure out, remember, too, is that both of these comments were indirect. They were not in the same space. They were not actually talking directly to each other. MacArthur's was a sort of a hypothetical that was posed in a closed setting to a group of people who all agree with him. And then and then Beth Moore's response was uh, on Twitter, and as far as I could tell, it was sort of implied. You yeah. knew who was who it was aimed at, but it, nobody was mentioned by name. And I, I, you know, I liked her tone better, but I'm, I'm also not surprised, given the uh, differences in personality. You know, the differences in the way that people communicate. Um, you know, I mean, I think you know if if if. If I am asked to give a position that's really uh, uh, fundamental to my identity and somebody disagrees with it, my tendency is going to be to to defend that in a strong way. Yes. And then you and you find that you found that on both sides, I think, as you know, 
both sides were really uh, emotionally exercised, as is, I think, understandable. Right. And, John, you know, the point is that, and you talk about this in your piece, is that it wasn't so much, you know, John MacArthur or Beth Moore. It was their followers who were the cause of the root of all the the, the anger and finger pointing. I think the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure we all know this, if Beth Moore and John MacArthur were in the same room to each other, they would walk towards each other, make eye contact, contact, uh, exchange some form of pleasantries, sit down and have a conversation. And, and I think, you know, if you look at the tone of uh, even those th- those who objected to what um, John MacArthur said, their, their sense of the issue is pretty much the same. They would like those who are hold his view to go away. You know, don't uh, that, that, and that I think is, is a question of a kind of freedom that we have to hold our convictions. It's not just that he said it in a way that was perhaps rude and unkind. It was that he held the view. If you if you listen, if you read a lot of the responses, basically the response is, how dare he say mm-hmm. that she can't do this? Well, that's his, that is his, not only is it his conviction, it is for him a biblical conviction, just as it is their conviction and Beth Moore's conviction that she can speak up. I thought her, I thought her response was exactly right. She said that she wasn't called by man, she was called by God, and she was going to follow that call. So that in one sense, although I think it was perhaps more politely stated, her response was just as dismissive, and, and rightly so. You know, I, think that, I think that's where you end up when you have these, uh, it, it, these, these differences that are mutually exclusive, that we, we have to act on our conviction, and we do have to, in a sense, not dismiss others as people who are Christians, recognize that they're, as Beth Moore says, they're siblings in the Lord, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to obey Christ. I think that's a good point, John. I think it's also instructive whenever any of us speak in public, and that's any of us because we all have access to Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You know, we can all of us can be public. But John MacArthur saying go home to Beth Moore reminded me of when President Trump talked to Ilhan Omar um, and the other congresswomen and said, Rashida Tlaib, and said, go back to where you came from. There's a larger context of this conversation that both the men stepped into. And th- those are just, I hate to use the word trope because I feel like that's overused right now and it's kind of become cliche. But I think the idea of telling a woman to go home, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole disagreement. And that's that's dismissive. Um, well, it, it, is, it's, it is dismissive if you don't hold that conviction. See that, that my point for, for right, and I get that. that right, I get you're saying really that they believe that. Right, right. They have. <laughs> right, I understand that they have fundamental disagreements, but I just think it's instructive when we have fundamental disagreements to also speak well and recognize what we're speaking into, right? What we're how we're saying things because they're going to be heard in a different way, um, and we can't always avoid that. But okay, before you go, and we only have a we only have a minute left, but I just want to make sure that we get to the point where we say, okay, so how do we do this well? We have to be respectful of each other, and we have to recognize that not every issue is a salvific issue. Yes. Yes, I mean that's the first point. You know, there, there's a short list of fundamentals that are essentials to Christianity that you that those are the hills to die on. But there is. And there's also a group of doctrines that, you know, we can agree to disagree on. 
But there is a, this middle ground where there are truths that it is, they are important enough to our identity and our practice that we're willing to separate over. And I actually think this is one of them. It's okay for MacArthur to hold the position sure. that he holds and right. for Beth Moore to hold the position she holds. But they're not going to be in the same room, right. you know. You know, she's not going to be preaching in his church, <laughs> and she doesn't want to. And it's okay if he doesn't want her to. Very good. Yeah, John. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have a civil conversation with you. Right. <laughs> John Kessler from Moody Bible Institute. He is the author of "Practicing the Present: The Neglected Art of Living in the Now." the original mattress factory we don't chase trends we focus on one thing quality we only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs and we put all of our products through the ringer testing new designs and materials at our test center in cleveland ohio if a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit we don't put it in our products at the original mattress factory our focus is on what makes a great mattress not a great markup visit originalmattress.com to learn more At the Original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made, they're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories, using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the Original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory-direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an original mattress factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibility's Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider Accessibilities. Visit accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at PittsburghChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Ready here on the dark side of the moon. Play the five tones. 
the heck is going on? What is that? This is one of the greatest sci-fi films. This is the closing scene of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, I never saw it. <laughs> I love this movie. You love it that much. I love it so much. Mike, he loves it that much. He loves it. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, Terry Garr, the early scenes especially of their home, and just the cool flying saucers and this passion. And then this thing shows up, this communication between musical, between man and alien. It's one of Spielberg's best films ever, and Richard Dreyfus shines brightly. All right, it's his birthday. Richard Dreyfus Happy turns birthday. how old today, John? Richard Dreyfus, he's an oldie. Um, this might be one of those capstone birthdays. I would say 70 years of age. 72. 72. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Good. That's funny. When I think of Richard Dreyfus, I think of Mr. Holland's opus. Oh, geez. I think, how about uh, The Apprenticeship of Duty Kravitz? Never saw that Again, either. Again, another fabulous movie. Hey, it's also Winona Ryder's birthday. Oh, Winona. Now, I love Winona because she is so epically awesome as Joyce in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I cannot get enough yes. of her clothes, her shoes, her crazy hair, and her completely nuts persona. She now, crushes that character. She was a big, I mean, she was like sort of the ingenue sex symbol. Well, she is not that way in Stranger Things. No, for sure not. No, no. no. How old is she? Uh, how old do you think? 50. 48. Oh, not bad. Okay. So, I'm still in the ballpark. You're still, you're still pretty good at this happy game. Happy birthday, Richard Dreyfus, Winona Ryder. And happy birthday to anybody out there who's um, not named by us. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, does everybody go to heaven? Is that the deal? Universalism? 5 o'clock hour of the ride home with John and Kathy. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Without calling in an impeachment resolution, House Democrats released a text outlining proposed rules in public hearings in their continuing inquiry into President Trump. The House is expected to vote on the resolution Thursday as Democrats aim to nullify complaints from the president and congressional Republicans that the impeachment process thus far has been illegitimate and unfair. Senate Majority Leader McConnell says that he and other GOP lawmakers will review the House's language to see if it passes a test of fairness to the president. Correspondent George Bonzani. A federal judge on Tuesday blocked Alabama's near-total abortion ban from taking effect next month. U.S. District Judge Myron Thompson issued a preliminary injunction temporarily blocking Alabama from enforcing the law that would make performing an abortion a felony in almost all cases. On Wall Street, the down on by 19 points, the Nasdaq dropped 49. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. 
For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade, with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020 for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. After a nice evening, we'll have increasing cloudiness tonight, although we'll be near 50. Look for mainly gray skies tomorrow, but it'll be on the warm side with temperatures approaching 70. Then tomorrow night, we'll see rain at times and a low of 58. Rain Thursday will be heavy at times. There might even be some minor flooding issues and potentially even a rumble of thunder. Thursday's high will be 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Streit. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We talked a couple of times last week about um, about uh, Kanye and uh, the release of the new um, Jesus is King music. We talked about it a couple of times this week. Which we loved. That's uh, fabulous. Well, I'm sure we'll delve into that at some point as well. Uh, but um, not to miss Kirk Franklin. Because for decades, Kirk Franklin Mm -hmm. has been, uh, it's fair to say, I would say the major force in gospel music in America. I mean, any any 
perusal of gospel music. If you, you know, told Siri or you jumped on your, uh, your phone and wanted to listen to gospel, you're going to listen to Kirk Franklin. Just fabulous. He's unbelievably talented. He's a, a great intellect. Um, his work ethic, his mm. presentation, everything over so many years. I've just been so personally Moved. Ble- blessed by his music. Yeah. I, I don't like to use that word again because I feel like it's become, you know, I feel blessed. Well, I think I significantly have been yeah, yeah. actually blessed by his music. Call it for what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. So when I saw him uh, release a video last night telling a personal story, I stood up and took notice, as did many people who uh, also watched on our Facebook page last night. Mike, would you play a little bit? This is Kirk Franklin. Today, I feel like quitting. I am heartbroken that I even have to share this with you. In 2016... I was blessed to win an award for Best Gospel Artist at the Dove Awards. Many of you may not know the Dove Awards in comparison are the Christian Grammys, like the Stella Awards or the Gospel Grammys. For so long, the terms Christian and Gospel for many are code words for white and black, which history may teach us was a setup for this unfortunate place we find ourselves in today. During that award speech, I felt the responsibility as a Christian and a man of color to address the civil unrest at that time that was plaguing our country with the killings of Philando Castile and Walter Scott, just to name a few, by white police officers. And at the same time, the horrific killings of five Dallas police officers by an African-American. I called upon the audience to join me in remembering that as Christians, when we say nothing, we're saying something. After a standing ovation, we prayed and stood in unity for all the families affected by those tragedies. We all felt that moment that there was a shift in the climate of our separate worlds. Unfortunately, when that speech aired on the Christian network TBN, that part of my speech was edited out. I made my disappointment and frustration known to the Double Wards Committee and to the Trinity Broadcasting Network. I never heard from TBN. And the Devil War Committee promised to rectify the mistake so that it wouldn't happen again. In 2019, history repeated itself. And so it's a, a longer statement, and it's well worth viewing because he says history does repeat itself. So the next year, he won the same award at the Devil Awards. He got up, he made a similar statement about a different set of shootings. And once again, the Trinity Broadcasting Network and the Dove Awards decided to edit that part out when it was shown on TV. Now, to be fair, the response from Trinity was, it's a two-hour show, so we have to edit as we go along. That was their response. Take it as it may. They also said a longer version of the show, unedited, appears online. Great. But the point, I think, that Kirk Franklin is making is that there's a larger message that's being delivered to him and other people of color, and maybe other people not of color, that we're not going to be people that are going to be able to talk about things that we disagree about and things that are hurting us today in America. We're not going to be able to do that because we need to make it a safe place and we need to plaster over it. Right. Now, we're used to, uh, in this age, in 2019, whether it's the Oscars, the Grammys, the Tonys, the People's Choice Award, we are inundated now with political messages 
of disdain for our leaders. Right. That's just the narrative. That's what it is. That's the agreement you make as you choose to watch your favorite movie stars or television stars ascend to the stage and accept their awards. But that's not what this was. This was not a I hate Trump moment. This was a place where he said we need to talk about black and white violence because he talked about both issues. He talked about black on white violence and white on black violence. There's no way he could have been more fair about it. But I wonder if the producers and the Dove Committee itself thinks any dissension, any negativity that is brought to the air is unworthy of airing. But that is part of the problem. Part of the problem... is that we, as a Christian community, never show ourselves capable of talking about racial issues well in a public forum. Right. It's really Especially, a source of frustration to me. And I think it's because either we are afraid to disagree, like to look at each other in the eye and say, I don't get where you're coming from, or the other person says, well, I don't get where you're coming from, or it's the fact that our viewpoint is so ingrained that we don't even want to let someone with an opposing viewpoint have their airtime. I, I mean, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just saying they made a mistake in not addressing him in particular the first time he made that statement. They should have gone to him and they should have said, this is why. We, I mean, directly to him. I don't mean just like some random statement right, on their right, right. on their you know hey, Web page or something like that. They should. And once that was done the first time. How do you do that again? What message are you sending to Kirk Franklin? We're saying that we don't honor a whole lot of black people at this award thing anyway. And if any of you has a comment, we don't want to hear it. Check it. Right. And I think your point uh, to the greater comment of we as believers in Christ, black, white, yellow, red, but specifically black and white, that we avoid this conversation. We're too, I think, fearful of delving down deep and being honest about our biases, our bigotry, all of those things that stir the pot that are are our own sin that we all carry individually and collectively. That's the problem. Why is it that we can't be honest about that? Well, because it's uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but so what? What? Sin is always uncomfortable, Right. And, and a lot we, worse than I'm Of course, yeah. But, I mean, so if the church can't do it well, then what hope do we I have know. for society? Well, the only way we're going to get to doing it well is to just do it. Because we're we going to have to do it badly first before we do it well. But because we don't do it at all, the only time we ever do it is badly. We've talked about this so much, John. And if you listen to our show or have over any length of time, you know that this is a subject that we come back to regularly because it's important to both of us. We have friends who don't look like us and who are from different communities. And it's often awkward to have hard conversations about why you think like you do and why I think like I do. But we try to model it on the show. We try to do it and ask hard questions. And it's you just you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I think that's where I come down on the Dove Award thing is that they were too concerned about being comfortable. I know it's an award show. I get that. But there's a larger issue of believers from different races in America being able to talk. And they just blew, blew the opportunity. Right. So how do we do this? If we say, if I say, if you say, 
I love Jesus, and I'm a sinner, and I am broken in my life, and I don't know how to figure things out about myself, let alone the culture at hand, let alone my brother or sister who's a different color, whose culture is different than mine, who looks at the world different than mine, whose troubles have been multi-generational the violence that exists, the inequity that exists. If we Lack can't, of opportunity. Right. If we can't acknowledge that first and foremost, if we can't say that to ourselves and then to each other, then we're in big trouble. So how do we find the tiniest, the smallest of threads to be honest and sincere with each other? Hey, don't be a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and so you've got some important decisions to make today. We all know Medicare is confusing, but Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you've got the questions, and they've got the answers you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you really sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com. Find out for yourself. I mean, do you hold Pat? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription drug plan or should you drop it? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality and with lower deductibles and co-pays little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Instead, call Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 or find them online, marleyfg.com. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. 
Connecting you with new customers. Regenerate me. Regenerate me. Please regenerate me. Why suffer with joint pain? There's a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy. At Regenerate Me Pittsburgh, now in Bethel Park, certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies, also known as ABT. A full recovery without surgery or drugs is possible. Get a complete diagnostic review plus your first treatment for just $100 for a limited time. See if you qualify. Call 412-851-3811. 412-851-3811. David Bentley Hart is with us. He is the author of That All Shall Be Saved. David's an Eastern Orthodox scholar of religion, a philosopher, a writer, a cultural commentator. His other books include The Experience of God and the New Testament. David, welcome to the show today. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Thanks for having me on. David, when I saw the subject of your book, um, I didn't expect the book to be as personal as it is. And so let's start with um, a personal story. Early in your book, you talked about a time in your late teen years when you were very near to concluding that you said, quote, Christianity was too morally confused and distasteful a religion to be accorded any real credence. But you were loyal to your dad and to his very deep faith, and you didn't abandon it. Can you talk about that experience? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's true that um, before I became better acquainted with the full range of Christian thought and, and ancient Christian thought in these, I I had a fairly uh, limited notion of of what Christians had believed over the centuries or what they're allowed to believe, and to me it seemed absurd. You know, the, the I, I uh, encountered ideas of. Well, I don't know, babies born already guilty in the eyes of God. Not that this is something my father had ever told me, but this is something that, that one encountered, and that, um, you know, God's love and justice was was something that would express itself ultimately in the eternal condign torture of countless billions of souls throughout eternity. You know? And I just came to the conclusion that it's fascinating and absorbing and... and uh, inescapably important to me as I found the figure of Christ, I, I can't, and the, the religion surrounding that figure I thought must be uh, a series of mistakes or institutional uh, lies, you know, and there was a period, yeah, when I almost put the whole thing aside. So, David, in That All Shall Be Saved, Heaven, Hell, and Universal Salvation, you talk about all of us, all God's creation, that one day we will be with him forever. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, universalism, which is the general term for that belief, is a very ancient part of Christian tradition, and and it's always been there, and many of the greatest church fathers, especially in the East, taught it. Uh, But as the church became very much, you know, the church of the Roman Empire, it became a a pillar of society, and also tended to narrow down the picture of God and uh, and of the faith. And the result was that this rather beautiful idea that I, I think you can find not only in Scripture but expressed by these figures I mentioned that that the act of God in Christ is one of universal restoration, the recovery of a lost people, the recovery of God's lost children, had been drowned out by a religion that to a very large degree was one of psychological terror, 
incoherently united to a picture of God as love. Mm-hmm. And where do you think that type of reading would come from? I guess I'm trying to get at your, is your argument based on a reading of the biblical text or perhaps an argument with the translation of the text, or is it more a philosophical opposition to what you see as more fundamental Christianity? It's all of those things. Uh, Well, not only is it fundamental, but it's all of those things. The book is in part a philosophical argument in about five parts, uh, and I, I think a very good argument, but it also deals with the, the biblical text. I Just before writing the book, I translated the New Testament from, from the original Greek, and more and more I, I came to realize that the picture of hell that most Christians have in their mind, this notion of this eternal torture chamber, isn't actually there in the text. Okay, let's. Can we talk uh, about let talk? I, I'm not a universalist, but I, I I'm interested in hearing your perspective on this. So tell tell me about the texts and how you uh, how you translated them and how you think that you know traditional Christianity has gotten it wrong. Well, again, you, when you say traditional Christianity, who's traditional Christianity? Okay, because as I say, many of these uh, these universalist traditions are every bit as ancient and. And, and have a better pedigree than later theological readings of the text. Uh, I mean, in the fourth century, Basil the Great, you know, one of the great church fathers of the East in his quarter of the Christian world, and this is the late fourth century, he said that almost all the Christians he knew were universalists. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, in the translations most of us read were made either in the 16th century or after when there's already a hard and fast theology in place that determines how, tra- how certain words, how certain terms are translated. It's been sort of an open secret, though, among New Testament scholars and classicists of late antiquity for many years that those translations are not all that trustworthy, and the, co- and the concepts that are attached to the words in those translations come quite often from later periods, so that, you know, the, the ideas mutated. When you actually go to the New Testament uh, and you read it in the Greek, if you know Greek, and happily I've had Greek since childhood, uh, you, you see something very different, and it also helps if you know the conceptual vocabulary at the time. But, I mean, let me ask you, say you're not a universalist, I, I, I don't know what you believe one way or the other, but how many times does the Apostle Paul mention hell? Hmm. I don't know, I can't tell you that. Well, I, I can tell you, he never mentions it a single time. <laughs> he does, in First Corinthians chapter 3, mention the fire of judgment on the last day. But what he says, if you, you can go check it yourself, since First Corinthians three twelve through 15, but the crucial verse is, you know, if the work that someone has built endures, he'll receive a reward. That is, from the, you know, the fire tests it, whether it's a straw or, or clay or, 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 or a precious metal. If anyone's work should be burned away, however, he will suffer loss, yet he shall be saved, though as by fire. And that's the only fire of divine judgment that Paul ever mentions. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what the, that was what the universalists, people like Origen or Gregory of Nyssa or Didymus the Blind or Isaac of Nineveh or Theodore Sutton, yeah, all, of, all of them quite fluent in the Greek and in the conceptual vocabulary of the, of the time. They took that to be a description of what hell is, this, this sort of 
fire of purgation, which separates the soul, however painfully perhaps, from its sins and its cruelties and its hatreds until finally it has re- recreated or restored the lost image of God in every soul. David Bentley Hart is with us. The new book, That All Shall Be Saved, Heaven, Hell, and Universal Salvation. David, let's talk a little bit. Let's... let's um move to a philosophical context. What about God as judge? What about, mm-hmm. um, you know, those who have suffered great injustice um, in life and are looking to the God of the universe as the one who will finally bring things to a place of justice that they've never known on earth? Is that something, is that misplaced? No, but, but again, none of the universalists provide that. You notice that verse I read from Paul, the fire is real. I mean, we have to encounter what we have made ourselves, and what we've made ourselves quite often is something that that will be detached from very painfully, according to this tradition. There is justice, but the the true justice of God, as expressed in Christ, is one that overcomes evil, not one that simply destroys uh, those who've been even if by their own misdeeds. Okay, so so you're saying that the goodness of God is enough to overcome whatever evil and it doesn't and evil doesn't then have to be destroyed finally actually that's exactly the opposite of what i just said evil does have to be destroyed but destroying evil doesn't mean destroying the soul that has become imprisoned in evil okay so the evil can be destroyed without the soul being destroyed yeah, well, isn't that true? I mean, isn't it true that people can be reformed, can fix sure. the, the process of reformation? Sure. I mean, we're sure we see that all around us. So, so, yeah, so if a person has done a great wrong and has to make amends and has to be restored and reformed, it's always painful, isn't it? I mean, no one, no one gets away scot-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you talk about a, a fire of justice, a fire of judgment, like the one Paul describes that burns away the works, of your life, and then saves you only as to fire. Uh, it's a fairly terrifying thought. I mean, it, is. it is justice. It is judgment, but it's not. It's not absolute. You know, it's not a nihilism. It, it doesn't. It doesn't destroy the good along with the bad. It right. Rescues. So then, David, this fire that Paul talks about, um, from a from a Catholic perspective, is that purgatory? Is that even a thing? Yeah, well, I mean, you can call it that if you want. Uh, what I'm saying is for people like Gregory of Nessa or Archer, there's no distinction between hell and purgatory. It's one. It's the same idea that that all hell is. That one of the greatest feats of biblical exegesis ever written in the patristic period was a, was a dialogue by St. Gregory of Nessa called On the Soul and Resurrection, in which he just he goes through all of Scripture and the light specifically of 1 Corinthians 15, and he describes hell as sort of like you know the, the cautery that, that that burns away the uh, the uh, purulence in a wound, or that the, the um, uh, instrument that scrapes clay away from a rope and cleaning it. It's 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 a painful and difficult process, but it is a purgation. Yeah, so you can call it a purgatory if you want. In Catholic thought in the Middle Ages, the ideas of hell and of purgation. Uh, sort of mutated into two separate ideas, two separate states of the soul. But in the in the first four or five centuries of Christian thought, this separation hadn't occurred in the thought of people like Gregory. 
David, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, before you leave us, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning. You said that the the person of Jesus was um, was so compelling to you that you felt yeah. as if you, even though you were, you know, assailed by you know different thought traditions and doubts and frustrations, that you felt that you, um, I don't, I don't want to say you owed an allegiance to Christianity, but that God, that Jesus Himself, um, His character was enough. Um, Respond to that. You feel the well, same way now, and and how do you how do you reconcile that with the with the division you see with a lot with I would say most of Christianity in regards to universalism. Well, I mean, I I assume that the majority is usually wrong about most things, uh, and that the minority tradition has always been there. And remember, I'm Eastern Orthodox, and there's more of a a strain of universalism in Eastern tradition always has been. In fact, uh, the church, the Assyrian church, is pretty much you know has a tradition that's dominantly universalist. And in the early centuries of the church, the four or five great centers of of learning, only one of them taught the idea of of eternal hell. So it's it's not. I mean, the majority shifts over time, and what the majority says is usually not trustworthy because it's majority tradition. But I will say this, that yeah, the figure of Christ is absolutely impossible for me to turn my eyes away from. That's that's what, what fascinates me, not the presumed authority of tradition in its majority expression, which I can regard, which much of which, as far as I'm concerned, might be historical accident. But the figure of Christ that emerges in the Gospels, and I find that figure, this, the form of life, the form of God that he presumably reveals, incompatible with the notion of, of the eternal conscious torment of rational beings. It, it, it would make a mockery of what I see in him. David Bentley Hart, his new work, That All Shall Be Saved, Heaven, Hell, and Universal Salvation. David, thanks so much for being with us today. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Attention homeowners! Dreaming about that home improvement project? With a strong housing market, chances are your home's value has gone up. And with a 15-year fixed interest rate of just 2.75% with a 3.005% APR, a cash-out refinance from Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and give you the cash you need for those home improvements. At Cash Call Mortgage, we're a direct lender and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. Whether it's for home improvements, getting rid of debt or just putting away extra money for that inevitable rainy day cash call mortgage could mean achieving two great financial moves with just one call the cash you need now and a lower interest rate for a free quote to see if you qualify call cash call mortgage at 800-990-6947 that's 800-990-6947 800-990-6947 at the original mattress factory we don't chase trends we focus on one thing quality We only use the highest quality materials to build our mattresses and box springs, and we put all of our products through the ringer, testing new designs and materials at our test center in Cleveland, Ohio. If a new feature or technology doesn't offer a true benefit, we don't put it in our products. At the Original Mattress Factory, our focus is on what makes a great mattress, not a great markup. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
At the original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made, they're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about. What if you could wake up without the burden of owing over $10,000 in taxes to the IRS or state? Call the trusted name in tax resolution, Anthem Tax Services, 866-255-3658. With over 30 years of experience in tax preparation and tax law, we are ready to negotiate your tax debt and reach a settlement that makes sense for you. Anthem saved me nearly $17,000 and settled my debt with the IRS for just $100. 866-255-3658. We are the only company that is confident enough in our services to offer a 100% money-back guarantee if we can't put you in a better position than where you started. All you need to do is call for a free consultation. Call 866-255-3658. You may even qualify to save up to 99% off your tax debt. Call Anthem today and we'll also take care of your tax case study for free, saving you hundreds of dollars. 866-255-3658. After a nice evening, we'll have increasing cloudiness tonight. The low will be near 15. Look for mainly gray skies tomorrow, but it'll be on the warm side with temperatures approaching 70. Then tomorrow night, we'll see rain at times and low of 58. Rain Thursday will be heavy at times. There might even be some minor flooding issues and potentially even a rumble of thunder. Thursday side will be 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. David Bentley Hart. All right. Uh... That was a very interesting conversation, and, mm-hmm. and I think in no way do I... Um, if you're interested in expressing your furor at us, please, uh, well, Kathy at Bill... Or no, uh, Kathy at WordFM.com. I don't think you should be furious about this. This is one man's opinion. Right. That's all. Obviously a very bright person who spent his life studying. Right. This is just what he's thinking about what hell is or isn't. Mm-hmm. And And look, okay, so we're talking during the commercial break. The idea of... Us dying and our sins being burnt away, essentially. Right. Right. As I'm saying, you know, a purgatory. There are a lot of Christians that have believed that over the years. You said C.S. Lewis believes this. I believe that was C.S. Lewis's position. Right. There is no eternal damnation. From my understanding, C.S. Lewis thought that there was, that purgatory was a thing. So David Bentley Hart, in the last comment that he made, essentially was, he can't, he, he is enthralled by the character of Christ, mm-hmm. fascinated by the character yes. of Christ. And, and cannot, moved. Yes. Moved by the character of Christ. And cannot believe that that same character would condemn condemn us all right. to eternal damnation. Right. Okay. And I, the reason I asked him that question, and I, I'm hoping that by listening to that interview, you realize that we... Uh, our attempt was not to debate him or to argue with him. We wanted him to be able to fairly represent his point of view. Right. Um, we d- I do not agree with that point of view. Right. And I don't agree with that point. And I said that. Um, but I think it's important to hear what his I point agree. of view is, especially from someone as brilliant as he is. Um, but I, I think it's a it's a quest. It's a larger question of how we mentally and emotionally engage with issues of cosmic significance. 
I really think that's what a lot of it is. I know there are textual textual issues that he deals with in the book, but most of the book is really a personal fight right. with this idea and how he can't reconcile the person of Jesus. Now, what I thought was interesting, the part of it that I was was happy to get at is that he doesn't think that evil doesn't have to be destroyed. He does believe that evil has to be destroyed. It's just that it doesn't we don't have to be destroyed with, with it. it if we don't if we don't believe in God. Look, I have to come down I have to tell you this that my foundation for believing in the afterlife is in the person of Jesus and his character. Yes. And his life and all of what we see about God in the scriptures is so consistent and faithful and beautiful that I believe that he's the perfect judge. I don't end of story. I don't wade into particulars about it because it's not that important to me because the character of God is of utmost significance. Well, it's not important because no one knows. Cuz no one's come back and said been to hell except Jesus. Right. Right? So he did go and came back. That so now again, that I was going to bring up the whole, the the second Peter verse uh, about Jesus descending into hell and then I thought, you know what, we don't have time to get into that. It's going to be a big long. And again, I did not want to debate him. I just wanted him to be able to it's present his point of view. But I, I I don't know how I I I do believe that there is a place called hell and I believe that there is an eternal judgment. But you have to um, without reading the book, if you haven't yet, you have to get into his frame of mind, which has as its foundation his love of the person of Jesus right. and his being unable to reconcile that yes. with a judgment that would remove any human being from that communion. Yes, 100%. So his his understanding of sin is different. His understanding of sin is is is. I think what he said about it being being Eastern Orthodox helps us to understand it a little bit better because there is more of a strain without a doubt in um, Eastern Orthodox perspectives. No, I, I don't think you need to apologize here. Um, you, I don't think you need to backpedal about your what you believe is based oh, upon not, your yeah, reading. I'm not your trying to backpedal. I think my concern is that listeners understand that these are complex issues that should be talked about regularly yes. and we shouldn't be afraid no. to enter into them. And today on this subject, we gave a snapshot. That's all. We gave a snapshot. We did not play the whole film. There's much more here that you and I and great minds cannot uncover in a 10-minute interview. It just doesn't work that way. And if you're looking for a book that expresses the opposite of universalism, look for any book. <laughs> Any book written in what I would call the Christian mainstream. I think so. it's a worthy subject because a lot of people walk around and believe in universalism, right? I don't believe it. You don't believe it. Mike doesn't believe it. Word FM, as an organization and as a radio station, does not believe it. But I am curious about those who do believe in universalism. Right. Why? What is the deal right. with that? And isn't it important for each one of us to step back and say, now wait. What why do I believe? Do, why do I believe that? Yeah. Why? And not be afraid to ask the question right. because it doesn't mean damnation. It just means you want to know and you're trying to dig down deep because any of that organization helps your faith, right? I don't, I'm not afraid my faith is going to be weaker or right. falling away because I would read that all shall be saved. 
I'm not, not afraid of that. Right. You, you shouldn't be afraid of that. Right? Right. Christ is Lord. Yes, exactly. We and are he, engaged. And he is the perfect judge. And isn't it wonderful to hear a person say. Oh, I love that. That Jesus is that compelling. Yes. Jesus is that compelling. Is that arresting? Because that no is. matter what I struggle with in this faith, I have, it's, it's, it's the question. It's the question that Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say that I am? <laughs> and he says, you know, at, where, to where else are we going to go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Yes. That is how compelling Jesus is and Amen. continues to be and will always be. Through the centuries of time yes. until man takes his last breath on this earth. Amen to that. Okay. We cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> no we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, side pensurership. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. This week on Truth for Life, we're coming to the end of the pastor's study and beginning a new series called Shaped by Grace. It's an in-depth look at Romans 12 and how the gospel transforms our lives. Listen all this week to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. All packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, Sprinter is built for you. And it's built for your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just $33,790. And for a limited time with IRS Section 179, you could be eligible for up to a $25,000 tax deduction. Gas engine, 0% financing, and a possible tax deduction? Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, national dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2nd, 2020. Consult your tax advisor. For more information, limits may apply. Visit mbvans.com. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. 
Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Hey, our Bible Day campaign is uh, winding down, and uh, we're close to our goal, but we have not reached that goal yet. And we yet. want to reach that goal. Right. So, you know, you just heard that conversation with David Bentley Hart about universalism. Isn't it important that we ourselves have deep biblical knowledge? Right, and that we always have that Bible to turn to. And then pass that along to those who don't have their own Bible. Michael Woolworth joins us from the Bible League once again. Hey, Mike, how you doing, buddy? John and Kath, I thought you were very charitable with him, and I'm glad that his path crossed with yours. If he keeps interacting with you, he'll, he'll get straightened out. Well, I don't see the, us being uh, that persuasive, no, but Michael, <laughs> what we're no. really hoping to persuade today is people to take their Bible seriously um, and to recognize what a gift it is. And as David Bentley Hart mentioned, that character of Jesus is the most compelling that we will ever meet. And to think that there are people who have not been introduced to him or have been introduced to him verbally and haven't been able to read the stories, I mean, this is something that we all can get behind. Well, Jesus said what? If I be lifted up, I'll draw the nations to myself. And I'm a little under the weather today, but I appreciate a few moments to get back on and say, number one, appreciate uh, the wonderful time we had last week. Two wonderful days in studio, days of hope, as you call them there at Word FM, and uh, that's exactly what we did. We were able to bring hope to literally thousands of Christians. And yeah, the Word of God, listen, what does it do? It gives us the history, all the promises, the examples that are in there, the stories, the good and the bad, right, as it relates to us as sinners, but also about Him, what? That He condescended by entering into the constraints of time and space and suffered in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's who we're uplifting today. And we're coming alongside and supporting his church. So let me tell you where we are real quick. Um, We started last uh, Wednesday morning virtually at zero, okay? We said, hey, together as WRD and Bible League, can we solve this issue as uh, for 5,000 persecuted believers? We're talking about people around the world who are singled out, targeted, monitored. They've been beaten. They've been jailed. They've been threatened with death simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And today I can tell you that 4,000 Christians will now have a Bible because of your listeners getting involved. You might say, you know what, that's a pretty good percentage. You know, in baseball speak, that's batting what? (laughs) 750, almost 800. But we're saying that we know 5,000 Christians by name at Bible League that we want to get the Bible uh, into the hands of. Hey, John and Kath, if you uh, uh, throw in uh, Christian persecution in the news into a search engine today, here's what you'll find. Bible translator killed in Cameroon. One of the largest uh, evangelical churches demolished in China without notice, without reason. Uh, Boko Haram displaces 100,000 Christians in 2019 alone, vowing to kill every Christian they capture. And, of course, at Bible League, we know a lot of Christians who have been killed in that country. And, of course, the big news this week, the killing of the number one ISIS terrorist, al-Baghdadi, right, who killed thousands of Christians, including Kayla Mueller, who was killed, uh, who was kidnapped, tortured, murdered by the Islamic State. So what we're doing is coming along Christians and saying, look, we're not here to solve all the geopolitical issues uh, in the countries and the regions of the world where you live, but we're going to apply the gospel and what we see is not only disciple building, but nation building at its best. You know, we're talking about this guy, Al Baghdadi. I shared the story last week of the young man that I met, 14 years of age, a Syrian refugee. He was what? 
a jihadist he'd sold out to radical Islam was going to blow himself up. What you saw over the weekend, that's what his plight was. He was going to kill himself and kill others in the process. His mother integrated into the community from a big um, a semi-permanent uh, refugee camp there. I can tell you that she was taught to read and write in uh, English, I should say in Arabic, by some Christian women, John and Kath. She came to Christ. She led her kids to, to Jesus but not Ahmed. Again, he was sold out to radical Islam, but she prayed nonstop for his salvation. He did come to faith. The radicals in the Muslim Brotherhood that he hung out with, they nearly beat him to death. They promised to find him and kill him. The family fled literally in the middle of the night with shirts on their backs, several villages over, and finally he and I had this wonderful, amazing encounter earlier this year when I was in the Middle East, and kneecap to kneecap, I could say, Ahmed. Of course, I knew he had a bounty on his head, I said, what's your Bible mean to you? And before him sat his Arabic Bible that Bible League had translated years ago. He had his Project Philip Bible Study booklet. And in each of those, he had pages folded down, uh, notes in the margin. And he was able to say, he said, Michael, look at this verse. He said, I'm persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. He said, Jesus said here, in this world you will have troubles and trials, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I mean, with his Bible... He was able to gain a perspective on why he hated Christians at one time and why he hated his own family and why he was hated there in the Middle East. But Michael Woolworth with us from the Bible League. 1-800-YES-WORD is the number to call. 1-800-YES-WORD. One Bible is just $5. We're asking you to do this. Send 20 Bibles out right now. 20 Bibles is a one-time $100 gift to 1-800-YES-WORD or online at wordfm.com. You'll see the Bible League banner at the very top of the page at our Word FM homepage. But right now, take you about 90 seconds or so, $5 a Bible. We've had people join us at $1,000. Is that you? Someone said, yeah, $5,000. That's a ton of Bibles headed out into the world with the excellence of what the Bible League is all about. Please join us right now. We've only got a few days left in our Bible League campaign. We are shy of our 5,000 Bible goal. Your help is certainly necessary right now. 1-800-YES-WORD, 1-800-YES-WORD or online, wordfm.com. Michael, it's not just a Bible, though. Can you talk about the other teaching tools that come with this? I mean, this is an invitation into a community, right? Well, you can be assured, those who get the Bible, the soil's been worked. They've come to faith in Christ. We help them understand what that Bible means. And when you're leaving all the isms of the world, you need to be grounded in the Word. And so it straightens out all those caricatures of the Christian faith that you've been taught, you've been led to believe. And so I can think of a a Hindu village in India where there had never been a Christian, never been a gospel presentation, and today half of the village follows Jesus Christ. That's exciting, and that's what your listeners are doing, John and Kath. Again, let me remind you, our goal, 5,000 Bibles. We started at virtually zero a week ago. We're at 4,000 Bibles. That means that 4,000 persecuted believers will now have the Bible in their own language. We've started so well. Let's finish strong. We've got about 1,000 Bibles to go. And some quick math says that if dozens of uh, listeners, right, not, not hundreds, if dozens will send a gift of $100, that's 20 Bibles each, uh, we'll be at that goal. Let me think, uh, toss this back to you. Let me do it by thanking some folks, Bernice of Pittsburgh, Barry of Millsboro. We've heard from Diana of Rural Ridge, Vincent of Pittsburgh, Cliff of Latrobe, John of Harwick. And uh, just uh, today we've heard from Michael near the Ohio-Pennsylvania line, a very nice gift of $500. Uh, John and Kath, I know I, I left there with uh, – 
germs. I hope I took every one of them with me. <laughs> but I appreciated the opportunity to hop back on today just for a couple minutes to remind your listeners you've done so well to this point. Would you help us finish strong this week on behalf of the persecuted Jews? Fabulous. On behalf of the persecuted church worldwide, Michael Woolworth in the Bible League, where are you? Won't you please be one of 12 right now for that one-time gift to the Bible League of $100. That's $100 since 20 Bibles out. Project Philip was essentially Christianity 101. It brings new believers into union with Jesus Christ. 1-800-YES-WORD, the number to call. 1-800-YES-WORD or online at wordfm.com. Take a break, come back. We get a smidge ahead, so stick with us as you make your ride home on this Tuesday edition here on Word FM. Helping our troops to be their best means ensuring they get the right level of physical activity, nutrition, and importantly, sleep. And if you're sharing barracks, then the enemy of sleep is snoring. To snore less, use Mute. Mute is an easy-to-use nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. Thanks to Mute, you'll get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth. So you'll snore less, sleep more, and everyone in your barracks or your bedroom will be happier. Whatever your mission in life, if you want to be at your best, win the battle against snoring with Mute! Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Regenerate me. Regenerate me. Please regenerate me. Why suffer with joint pain? There's a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy. At Regenerate Me Pittsburgh, now in Bethel Park, certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies, also known as ABT. A full recovery without surgery or drugs is possible. Get a complete diagnostic review plus your first treatment for just $100 for a limited time. See if you qualify. Call 412-851. 3811-412-851-3811. This is the Entertainment Answer. HGTV superfans will rejoice when the network reunites the six Brady Bunch siblings to deck the halls and celebrate the merriest time of year in a very Brady renovation holiday edition. The holiday extravaganza features Food Network's Re Drummond and HGTV's Jasmine Roth. Again, it's a very Brady renovation holiday edition on HGTV December 16th and re-airing on the Food Network Sunday, December 22nd. For this Entertainment Answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to get your house ready for the winter so you can sit back and enjoy the holidays. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. So why wait? Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started on your next project. HomeAdvisor. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. 
Day. National Cat Day. It's National Cat Day, people. All right. I love myself a cat. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, see, that's just a little yumpa. I, I like a cat. Love did, cats. Did you have a cat growing up? No, I didn't have any pets ever. I feel bad for you. When did you get your first cat? Uh, a year after my husband and I got married. Why? Because a friend of my friend Kate said, you should get a cat. Mm. And I said, I don't know anything about cats. And she said, you would love cats. And I said, oh, that's crazy. I've never had an animal. And she said, well, you know, it's funny because I just found two cats on <laughs> Craigslist. And I think that we should go look at them right now. Oh, really? And I was like, well, we're not right now. And she's like, well, yeah, right now. So we got in the car. We drove to Cranberry. We went in this lady's house. Mm-hmm. And there were these four kittens there. And 15 minutes later, I left with two of them. Nice. And that put me on the trajectory. There you go. That was Raja and Abu. And you had those cats, Raja and Abu, for how uh, long? Raja lived uh, almost 13 years, and Abu lived almost 20. Whoa, almost 20. Yep. Holy smokes. Wow. We, my mother never liked cats growing up. We always had dogs. She always said, I think cats are sneaky. And then, But Cindy was okay. Right. Yeah, Cindy was fine. But then later on, um, my sister got a cat, and she was like, oh, I love cats. So then, you know, cats were okay. I, I've always had cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. What's this? This is from Cats. I hate this musical. Oh, what is the deal? How has love this that. been on Broadway? I'm sorry. I know. It's not my favorite musical by any stretch either. Do you even like it? No. However, however, um, friends of ours who were in the Broadway production of Cats came to our wedding. Yeah. They danced... It was, I'm telling you, it was just so That's because they beautiful. weren't dancing to that, that music. Right. But man. I'm sure they were terrific. So a lot of big talent behind oh, it. Oh, huge talent. Whenever but I, I just don't like the show. When I see a cat outside, I'll go like this. The cat always turns around and gives well, me a look like. All of a sudden, you're like, the cat whisperer. I am. The cat looks at me like, dig you. And I go, dig you too. All of a sudden, that cat's looking at you like, what is that no, guy no. doing? That cat knows. I'm posting pictures of my cat. Oh, you? Yeah, I am. I'm going to put them up on Facebook right, and national, Twitter. National. I'm doing it. Ride home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group.